from KQED. You're listening to Queued Up. I'm Ryan Levy, and today we're talking about the opioid crisis. And we're going to zoom in on one particularly deadly opioid, fentanyl. A synthetic painkiller, a hundred times more powerful than morphine. As a street drug, it's far more potent than even the purest forms of heroin. In February, fentanyl-laced street drugs killed three men in San Francisco's Haight-Ashbury neighborhood. KQD's Laura Clivens has been doing a lot of reporting on fentanyl in San Francisco. Her most recent story looks at a new tool being used to fight it. And we're going to start today's show by listening to a part of that story. The only way you know you're passing the needle exchange at 6th and Mission in San Francisco is a black poster in the window. Above the word syringe access services is a rebellious-looking skull with needles as the crossbones. I'm here to meet a 31-year-old woman who uses fentanyl. Hi. What's your name? She calls herself Jade. We're not using her real name because she buys illegal street drugs. She has light hair and pink and green eyeshadow. She came to the needle exchange today for the opioid user group. Jade began struggling with pain years ago in L.A. when she was diagnosed with lupus. I think I was 14. They gave me some morphine in the ER. And then I was like, wow, I don't want to die anymore because I couldn't escape the pain. She took prescription pain meds for a while, and in her late teens, she tried heroin. You don't feel pain at all. You really don't. As long as, like, you are in that space, everything is, like, not just copacetic, but beautiful. Jade still struggles with pain and has doctor's prescriptions for opioids like morphine. but she supplements them with street drugs, both heroin and fentanyl. So Laura Clivens is here in the studio with me. And Laura, I was really captivated by Jade. I mean, her voice, her experience. How did you meet her? And tell me a little bit about her. I met Jade at the Sixth Street Harm Reduction Center, which is in San Francisco. I mentioned it in the piece. It's a a needle exchange, but it offers a ton of other services. And one of those services is an opioid user group. And Jade was at that user group when I came by the exchange that day that I did my reporting. And so a staffer asked folks in the group if anyone wanted to talk to a reporter, and Jade raised her hand. And Jade was a really interesting person to talk to. She... um, She is actually an immigrant from Russia. She grew up in L.A. She has lived in Seattle. She's lived in San Francisco for a while. Um, I didn't go into this in the piece, but she actually has more sources of pain than the ones I spoke about. So when she was 21, she was in a serious car accident. She was also diagnosed with multiple sclerosis. So she says she sometimes is in a wheelchair. So it was clear to me that she was going through a lot of pain. So is that kind of why she's using these illegal street drugs is really just because she's in so much physical pain all the time? It's that and it's also emotional pain. From talking to her, she mentioned times when she was in jail that were incredibly challenging. Um, She has some children who she does not have custody of right now. And I think that's also pretty hard for her. So I think with uh, the medication, the self-medicating that she does, um, some of it is prescription, some of it is illegal. And I think it's to be a balm for both her physical pain and also some of that emotional pain that she experiences. And so one of those drugs, obviously, that we're talking about is fentanyl. And let's play a bit more of your story to hear a little bit more about what fentanyl is. 
Fentanyl is a legal prescription drug, often used in hospitals or for patients suffering from cancer. But recently, it's also available on the streets. Fentanyl is up to 50 times more powerful than heroin, and that makes the risk of overdose really high. Some dealers sell fentanyl as is, but it's increasingly turning up mixed into all kinds of other drugs, not just heroin, but also Xanax, cocaine, and meth. That's when it becomes scary. Kristen Marshall works with the city's public health department on overdose prevention. If they're smoking, for instance, crystal meth and it's cut with fentanyl, and they don't know it. That's what happened a few months ago to the three men who died outside a high school in San Francisco's Haight-Ashbury neighborhood. Their meth had been laced with fentanyl. Those are people that are not prepared. Jade's found fentanyl in drugs when she didn't expect it. She's not worried much about an overdose because she's been using it for so long and says her tolerance is high. But she is worried about others. People have been dying or overdosing because they're expecting cocaine, and it's not just cocaine. And they don't have any tolerance. So, Laura, when I hear something like that about fentanyl being added to drugs like cocaine or meth that are already really dangerous on their own, it makes me wonder why fentanyl is being added to those drugs. It's such a good question. And it's one that I had, too, because it doesn't seem wise as a business person, if you're selling drugs, to sell something that could potentially kill your clients. And so I actually talked to three different doctors about this to try to get the answer to that. And they all said, you know what? We don't really know. But here are some theories. Um, A few of them said there is a messy supply chain. Uh, The places where these drugs are made are, are could be fairly messy. It's unregulated. Potentially, some drug dealers or drug makers might be putting fentanyl in drugs for a stronger high. Uh, Maybe it's to move supply. You just need to get rid of that fentanyl, so put in another drug. Or it could even be to make drugs more addictive because fentanyl is fairly addictive. But there are folks who are trying to do something about this. Um, So let's hear the last bit of your story now. Since fentanyl can be hiding anywhere, counselors at needle exchanges say people who use drugs need to be prepared. So what I'm going to do is demonstrate how to use a fentanyl test strip. Terry Morris runs the needle exchange where I meet Jade. Here, staffers have been handing out these free test strips since last fall. Morris is holding a slender three-inch strip of paper. That's a really simple process if anybody's ever used a home pregnancy test. So you add about a quarter inch of clean water to the drug residue, and then you dip the test strip in the water for about 15 seconds, and you wait. Each strip costs a dollar, but Morris gets them for free through a new state program that began a year ago. And uh, one line means fentanyl and two lines means no fentanyl is present. So what if there is fentanyl? The strips don't say how much fentanyl, just that it's there. You can choose not to use the drug. But she says most people will anyway. What changes is how they'll use the drugs. You can choose to use less of the drug. You can choose to do a tiny bit of the drug and see how it affects you. You can choose to stagger your use. Meaning people in a group would take turns. But the staff members here say the test strips offer more than a safety check. The process requires users to pause. While waiting for results, they often sit down and end up talking. Morris says these conversations are a way to encourage clients to check out other resources here and maybe eventually to stop using. So that last idea about these test strips almost being kind of an intervention or a place for conversation was really interesting to me. 
Um, the folks you talk to, are they finding success there? Are people actually being moved into more treatment or off of drugs while they're doing these fentanyl test strips? My sense is that they are. And they have, at this needle exchange and at others in San Francisco and in the Bay Area, they've been doing something that's kind of similar for years, and that is a Narcan training or a naloxone training. And that drug reverses an opioid overdose. And so in order to train someone, you need to sit down for five minutes and engage with them. And that's actually how Jade first got more involved with this exchange. She did a Narcan training. And from there, she got curious about, well, what's going on behind those doors in the back where they have the groups? Another thing that's really interesting for folks who are testing their drugs for fentanyl is a lot of these folks are doing these drugs not so much to get high anymore, but just to feel normal because they have been using the drugs for a long time. Um, And so... For them, it's such a routine thing that it feels like a relief to talk to a trained professional about what's actually in their drugs because they're concerned, too. They don't want to die. And so sitting around waiting for this test strip to develop gives them that opportunity. Laura Clavins, thanks so much for talking to us about this. Thanks, Ryan. To see more stories I liked this week, including the Beyonce Mass coming to San Francisco, head to kqed.org slash qedup. Make sure you catch each and every episode of Cued Up by subscribing to our show in your podcast player of choice. And while you're subscribing, give us a review and a rating so other folks will know just how much you like the show. I'm Ryan Levy. Have a good week. Hey, it's Ryan. Thanks for sticking around. And I'm here in the KQD newsroom with a few other folks who have been sticking around for a while. Uh, can you guys introduce yourselves? I'm Devin Kadiyama, host of The Bay. I'm producer Erica Aguilar. And it's 10 to 7 on a Friday, and you guys are, you're looking a little beat down. You are, you are finally making your way out of here. Yeah, this is way late for us on a Friday. It was a busy week. It was busy. I mean, you guys were covering things. I mean, you went, you were talking like cars in Silicon Valley. You were talking sex ed in Fremont, talking about earthquakes in Hayward. And then, you know, like just casual, like, you know, racism at Berkeley coffee shops. I mean, it was, it was a pretty, it was a pretty busy week. Yeah, actually, so we were all over the Bay Area this week. That's nice. Well-rounded podcast appetite. Yeah. I would subscribe immediately to the Bay, wherever you get your podcasts, if I were listening to this. You heard it from the host. You got to do it. <laughs> If you want interesting stories covering a bunch of topics all over the Bay Area, delivered right to your phone all week long, check out The Bay wherever you get your podcasts.